Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we like to say that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. If you are just joining us for the first time, welcome. If you are a regular listener, hello. Nice to hear you again. Um, We are going to be chatting today with Miss Barry Coral, who is a children's entertainer, who I must say my daughter is completely enamored with. My daughter is three, and it's just so completely adorable. So we're going to be doing that in a bit, and I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. If you want to speak with me or Barry today, the call-in number is 347-327-9450. For the past few weeks on Mama's Pearls, we've been talking about opening up our heart, plugging into our heart, as well as filling the air with romance. Last last month was February, this month we're moving into March, and what fills the love and the space of romance for me has always been film, which is why we had a two-part series last week called Film Noir, which you can listen to in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls with an indie film producer, Laurie Marsh, as well as the writer-director, Gentry Chauncey, of the film Lost in Sunshine. I happen to be executive producing that film. However, the the entire journey with that film has been pretty remarkable, and um, and I, I think I actually think that the conversation really really tapped into the heart and the spirit of making an independent film, which isn't always an easy chart chart. Um, easy course to chart. So I encourage everybody to go on and listen to that. And before that, the week before, we were talking with Ariel Ford, who is the author of The Soulmate Secret, about the law of attraction. Now, stringing along here, I want to start and give some good attention to the concept of music. And music as it plays in our lives. This week's theme is called Sing Song, and the pearl of the the week is a new soundtrack. And I often kind of... I don't know. I I for me music has always been such a deep deep part of my life. I've just always loved it. I grew up in a house my mom played the piano and we always had music playing in the background and I was just always kind of drawn to it and it's been like a steady constant for me. And when I was outside the other day, we're just 
finally beginning to thaw out here from this really rather frozen winter up in the northeast, and I heard the birds chirping. And it just kind of was like, ah, oh, the birds are back. That means spring is near. And it's just like all these little sounds of nature is really kind of the soundtrack in our everyday lives. It's kind of the background music that we don't give enough credit to and we don't really stop to listen to. So I'm going to encourage everybody as they as they walk outside for the next few days and, and hopefully throughout their lives and also with your children to kind of start listening to the sounds around you, to listening to your environment and, and really paying attention to what you're hearing and to what your kids are hearing because it's kind of a first basis filter that we have going on is our is our hearing. What are we hearing? What are we seeing? And music to me just hits on so, so many chords. And I'm sure everybody's gotten into the car and has flipped on the radio and you can't believe the song that's playing because it's exactly what you need to hear at the time you are. You know, music can basically take you on any kind of journey. It can hit any kinds of chord. It can invoke a whole range and waterfall of emotions in you from just hearing a few chords. You know, there's some classic classic tones, you know, you hear like the the um you know, the scary music of Jaws or the psycho music or, you know, the happy jingling tinkling sound of like Tinkerbell and that kind of sets you in a different mood. And I've always been amazed at the journey your soul can take through music, and and I, I wrote one line this week in this week's blog, which can be found at www.mamaspearls.com that I that I just love. When I wrote it, I was like, yeah, that, that's really, that's really it. And it's just more like, <laughs> now I can't find it, but now it's like, it's just amazing at how many sounds we have at our disposal, and there's so much music out there and available to us that we can really be the conductor. And in your life and with your children's lives, you're teaching them to be their own conductors. So I love that whole metaphor of music as being really like the jukebox of our soul. And we can choose to play whatever sound, whatever chords that we can imagine. I remember I played the violin throughout elementary school and high school and I, I still can't believe that I stopped because it's just, I, I bought, you know, I have a violin now but it's just, I'm so terrible now, it's like it's so heartbreaking and, and I keep saying to myself, yeah, I'll start taking violin lessons again and I just haven't brought myself to do it you know, just putting that on my on my, on my never ending to-do list and I used to love playing the violin, but I was always a type of student where I needed to kind of hear it first and then be able to play rather than just read off the notes, but I just remember like that whole process of really learning and then just, you know, mastering how to play and just how amazing that experience was for me as a child, as well as I had kind of a crush on Don Ho. I don't know if anybody remembers who Don Ho was. I actually don't remember who he was, but my mom keeps telling me that I had such a crush on Don Ho that I would just go nuts like any time he played any music and, you know, when his show came on and that when he went off the air, I started like yelling at my mom that you took Don Ho, <laughs> bring me back Don Ho. So it's these these things that kind of stay with us. And, you know, I remember from my early days, like the Sesame Street song and, and all these kind of tunes 
that still stay with me today. And when I hear them now, like with my kids, I get so excited. Like it's just, there's something cellular, cellular about music that just kind of stays with you and encodes. So in in kind of thinking about today and thinking about music, I really wanted to bring someone, one, who knows how to sing, because I'm always amazed when people can sing because I'm so not a singer, and um, and two, somebody that I, I knew understood understood music from not just the entertaining space, but also from from the deeper place of how it can really shift shift you, especially your children. And that is why I'm really excited to introduce the Mama's Pearls community to Barry Coral. Barry Barry is a, the lead singer of, of her band, which is called the Barry Coral Family Rock Band. And I had the pleasure of seeing them in, in, in person a few times as her band played for my daughter's fundraising event, which we had last week or a week or two weeks ago already. And it was just amazing. And it was so fun to just watch the kids and the parents really appreciate the music and get into it and have a great time. And one of the things that um, that they've been quoted in the news about about Barry, it's like, it's songs for kids that parents dig. And that's totally, totally true. And her... her um, her album, the Barry Coral Family Rock Band, has gone on to win some pretty impressive awards, including the Napa Valley, the 2010 Napa Gold Award and the Parents' Choice Silver Award. It was also named among the best kids' family albums of the year by Time Out Kids and was also featured in the New York Times. And the reason why I'm so excited to get to know Barry now at this stage is because I know she's right on the cusp right on the cusp where she has a really good traction and following and, and, you know, she lives in Manhattan and she really has, like, you know, the New York kind of tri-state area mapped, but I know that she's kind of, like, on the verge of greatness and stardom. So with that, I'm very pleased to welcome to the Mama's Pearl Show, Miss Barry Coral. Barry, are you with us? Yes, hi. Hi. How are you? Welcome. I am wonderful. Thank you. I'm just like I'm really, really excited, and I'm very sincere. I mean, you you got to meet my daughter. <laughs> got to meet my daughter twice, and she is a huge fan of yours, and it's awesome. And um, you know, and your song "A Day at the Beach" is kind of her theme song. I mean, she just sings it all the time. And when we got home from from the fundraising concert last week, she whipped out her microphone. She stood up on her little step stool, which is kind of like her stage. And she just started singing that song and goes, I'm Barry, and just started <laughs> totally rocking out. And it was, it was so, so funny. But there's something in your music that just, you know, gets these kids going. I just, I just love it. Well, I really appreciate it. And, you know, I hear that now when I um when I first started writing songs for children I really went more by instinct you know um and it was uh I thought I was doing something good and I always got along with children really well and I thought I feel like they're going to get this you know but but the reaction has just completely blown me away but I will say that I choose my words carefully because I do know that children um are singing them you know and and I right. feel like I'm noticing there are some artists out there that are um, 
I don't know, they they think about kids, so they're like candy, 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 or, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying I've never, I mean, you know, I think I mentioned Oreos and a few other things in the backpack right, song. in but, the backpack song. Yeah, but there's, right. there's a bigger story to that, of course, um, you know, independence and all that stuff. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I feel like I, I've, I've choos- chosen my words carefully. And so, to be honest, even the idea of her belting out a day at the beach, I those those lyrics are nice. <laughs> you know, I worked I worked on them. <laughs> so so right. it feels um and I feel like it really does kind of bring you to the beach when you say it. It's very specific, you know, an hourglass through my hand, you know, with the, with the sand and um it, you know, it it sort of takes you there. I'm running towards that big wide ocean while you chase me down with that sun lotion. I mean, and there you are at the beach. So so the fact that I don't even know where those ideas come from, I guess, from the universe. But then they get translated into children, and it captures their imagination. It, it's an amazing thing. But um, but I'm careful what I feed them, you know, because um, I'm just careful with anything that I bring into this world because there's so much in this world. There's so much noise and sound, and you know, so I, I try to choose things that are, um, you know, consciously, I guess. Well, I, th- I think that's a really great point because – you know, you can kind of look at a child and just see them singing and parroting back to you, um, and you want them to kind of get your songs, but to kind of create a deeper perspective for them that they're not just saying, you know, it's not just words. Like for kids, you know, even though they might just be saying it and not really understanding what they're saying, like somewhere it's getting encoded in them the words that they're saying, and you know, on a subconscious level. So, you know, choosing the words carefully as a children's performer is, I think, is so so crucial to to your art form. Yeah, and I and I agree. And you know, I mean, it's fun. You have a new song about a truck, but but like the song sounds like a truck. You know, it's low, it's deep, it's, and, and so you're using music that way too. It's like you're hearing it, and you're you're even by the register of my voice, it's it's kind of um, almost feeling truck-ish. You know, um, but it is. I and and sometimes people ask me like where do you get these ideas from like we have a new song about gingerbread man and you know all kinds of things or a song about a dragon coming to dinner or whatever you know but um, <laughs> it's funny and then you ask the children like I thought about it and I'm like you know I just can't wait to have this conversation you know my dragon's coming to dinner what is he going to eat like this is going to be fun and right. um, and you just you kind of have a sense of like well, how are they going to interpret this? And what are they going to bring to the table? And a lot of times they help shape the lyrics. Like I'll purposely leave a cut. You know, I'll have most of the song, but I'll purposely leave a few things out sometimes if I can um, to just have them chime in. So so that is certainly, um, you know, an example. And um, I have a song on Rock and Roll Garden, which, you know, you talked about won all those awards. There's um, It's called Big Sounds, and it's all about big sounds. And, you know, I went the usual way with the train and, um, and then the children just started talking about garbage trucks, and I had no idea that children were very captured by garbage trucks, but that, all of a sudden, there was a garbage truck in the song. I didn't plan that, you know, but, but I was following them, and, and that's actually part of our curriculum. I teach music and movement at Rockefeller University Child Family Center, where Lori Berkner used to teach, and it's this, like, Reggio kind of, um, it's child-led. So you're giving them ideas, but you're letting the children kind of take it along with, you know, and, and, and so I think of the music, sometimes I come up with everything, and then sometimes I let them lead a little bit here and there, or I just, you know, I'm tapping into their sensibility. It's such an interesting process, you know. 
Right. I mean, one thing that we connected on very early on when we first started talking was the idea of incorporating a most kind of meditation and movement into your songs and into your performances. You know, what is it about your personal practice that you feel that you carry over into your music? Well, that's a really great question. Um, well, you know, I, you, as you know, I have a yoga practice and meditation practice, so I will say I have extremely tight shoulders, and and my husband says, when's the last time you did yoga? And it's like, aha, it's been about three weeks because I had an injury, and I'm like, oh, my God, my shoulders are so tight. Um, and it was, it's like you have to constantly maintain it, but, but even like 20 minutes a day. But anyway, um, I think that I, I, I don't overdo it. I'm very conscious of... Um, of the stillness, even within the sound. I mean, look, I'm a pop musician. I listen to Tom Petty and all, Katie Tunstall, all kinds of people. You know, I mean, I love to rock it. But at the same time, I'm very conscious about not going too far, about leaving some space. I mean, I played a party once. And birthday parties can be chaotic spaces. I played a party once, and there was another child musician there. And she's like, I have never seen anyone leave so much space at a party. You know, it's like... Even there, you know, the children sort of, you even learn as an adult performer, if you want people to get quieter, you get quieter. You don't get louder, you know? And Mm. the children almost like match you soul to soul or feeling to feeling, you know? And if my energy is kind of relaxed and open and laid back, I find that the children react to that. You know, I mean, it depends. Some, you know, some examples are extreme and if there's a lot going on, that's, there's a lot of stimulus in the room that that's a little bit more difficult but especially if it's just one-on-one or if it's just me and them in a concert setting they kind of react to you and um and i just think that's really important so i my voice level is you know my voice i think is kind of sweet when i sing and it's very it, it brings you in you know it doesn't push you out and that's all about tapping into your your space you know into the gap you know is is like yoga and meditation might say but um so it's just i think it's just regulated what i what i do you know i'm just very conscious of really entertaining and inspiring and but just um but just not going too far sonically i mean with with too much sound i mean we choose our spots you know we have like a green day song for kids that's like it's just powerful and boom you know but after we do something like that, I won't stay up like that for, you know what I mean, I'll, I'll come down. I'm also conscious of how I leave my audience. I mean, we had 268 people at a show on Saturday, and probably more, like paid people at a concert we did. And we left, we really rocked, but we were all, we went on a journey. We up, we were up, we were down, you know. We, we just, we go on a journey, and at the end, we end the show with our hearts beating. We, we were doing a cover by the Abbott Brothers, Kick Drum Heart. And and so we're teaching kids about the kick drum, and then we're teaching them about their heart beating. And that's how you end the show, with everyone's heart beating. And it's just like, ah, you know. <laughs> and and it's, it's just, um, I, I mean, I used to end with, like, this big song, and everyone was, like, rocking, yeah, you know, and it was that was really fun, too. But, but I, I, like, I like this space, you know, that, 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 that's sort of being created. And, um, and it's a journey, you know. So, um, yeah. I'm curious what gravitated you towards the, the children's market in the um, Well, there, there were a couple of things sort of at the same, happening at the same time. I mean, I've always had a great relationship with children because I see them as people, you know what I mean? I, don't, I never saw them as children, and I would sort of, I used to get compliments by people's 
uh, like my parents that would just say, oh, my daughter really likes you. I think she feels like seen. You know what I mean? I feel like you don't baby her or whatever. And I didn't, it was just something I did, you know, and I didn't realize how that would be, frankly, a valuable asset in the future. It was just something, the way I related to children. Um, And then my niece was born, and my sister actually has MS. So I spent a lot of time with my niece. But I was mm-hmm. traveling a lot and touring a lot as well because I was making my living as an adult singer-songwriter and playing a lot of colleges in, like, Kansas and Nebraska and uh, Minnesota, oh, my God, North Dakota. And I was really getting burnt. I mean, I think I had been on the road for, like, seven years. And, you know, so I'd go back and I'd be with my niece and it would be intense and then I would be back on the airplane and she would say things like, Aunt Barry, no more airplane, you know, and I would just like cry, cry. you know, I'm leaving her daycare, like, bye, Michaela, I'll see you in three months, you know, it was really, it was intense and I would be out there and I was lonely and I wanted to meet a guy and my friends were getting married and it was very hard to meet a man in the middle of like Marshall, Wisconsin, though I mean I managed to do it, it's just a testament to, you know, willpower, but anyway, it was very challenging out there and um, and so I knew I wanted to change, but I didn't know what, and I came back to New York, and I was just in debt. It was a mess, and um, I had been doing some stuff with the Long Island Children's Museum just as, like, a hobby, where I would write songs and plays with kids on the fly, and I started to write. We wrote Jump that way, and Jump is on the first mm-hmm. album, and, cool. um, you know, the, 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 child, the director said, well, why don't you just write songs for children and families? Instead of just, you know, making them up, you're a songwriter, why don't you go do that? And then John Medeski, who's uh, in the band Medeski, Martin, and Wood, he had gotten a deal recently for children's music, and he said, why don't you take the keys to my cabin, go write, you know, and a few things like that, and I went to John's cabin, and I wrote A Day at the Beach, and Nothing I Wouldn't Do, and Rock and Roll Band, and The Farm Song in, like, one weekend, and that's never happened to me in my life, and A Day at the Beach has turned out to be the most profitable song I've ever written. I mean, it paid for the new album. You know, it paid for Rock and Roll Garden, and it got me into Rockefeller, and it got me all starting to get on the shows and the circuits and in and, and the New York Post, and on and on and on and on. So it was We, just we like John's Cabin. Can I yeah. go there? I'll <laughs> <laughs> go there and I start also, writing and the Mama's Pearls book. <laughs> it's amazing. And I went back to John's house, and I wrote Uh-Oh and Backpack on the same weekend on his piano. So so right. he was definitely like a magical little He's part amused. of my life, you know. Right, he was amused. He was amused, yeah. But the universe was amused, you know. I just felt so many green lights. And then I came back, and I played them for the, for the theater director of the Children's Museum, and I swear to God, he had tears in his eyes, and he said, this is what you were meant to do. I, 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 this, this is, you know, like when you see somebody, like, in their element, they're like, this is who you are, you know. And out of nothing, it was just became everything. And, and thank God... Um, it was, it was, it's almost like it found me on some level, but, but I really right. was, um, I was in a nothing space. I was very low and, and I just, thank God I had a few tools like to just be like, something is coming, try to relax. Something is coming, try to relax, you know? So, um, cause it's hard to get the million dollar ideas when you're in panic mode. You have to right. sort of relax and you have to have a little, I was never a person that had faith. You know, I was a very like type A person, you know, and make everything happen, and it was making mm-hmm. me really miserable, you know, and mm-hmm. and through my practice, I learned to unwind a little and just trust a little and, frankly, get a little quiet and try to tap into my intuition a little and, and get away from the mind spinning 20,000, you know, thought we have, like, between 20 or 80,000 thoughts a day, you know, all that stuff spinning and spinning and spinning, and I tried to just get into a space where it said, 
go to John's cabin. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> okay, you know. <laughs> so. That's funny. It's hard yeah. to ignore ignore that voice, but you know, we talk a lot on the show about just that whole process of of wanting things to happen and having to create the space to let it happen organically and also to kind of read your signposts. If you're trying so hard to be one thing but you're really meant to be another, you know, you're going to keep facing brick walls until you finally, like, turn around and go for another another doorway. So, you know, for you it was kind of like, you know, you were always in the music field, but just kind of taking a sidestep and saying, "Let's try, let's try this route." So how you know, how long ago okay. was that? How, I guess it was like four years ago. Wow. And, so and that's I really quick, actually. It's of, actually of been very things. quick, and now it's like right. you know, sometimes I don't even want to check my email because there's like so much happening, and I'm just like, ah. Right. But um, but you know, it's interesting when you say that we don't always know what we're meant to do. You know, I think our only right. barometer is really just how we feel. This feels right. good. This feels inspiring. And then just learning. I mean, the secret, frankly, was very helpful for me. You know, it, it took things that I knew, the film, you know, um, especially the original mm-hmm. film with Esther Hicks. But it took thing, the things that I knew, but I just sort of forgot. And it sort of just articulated right concepts you know how sometimes you sort of have these concepts and they're sort of floating around and then someone says it to you um right uh, and then you're like oh yeah you know and then you can think about it a little bit more um proactive like clearly but anyway um when the secret was like you don't have to have all the answers you know just take the next logical step so for me the next logical step was not release two albums get in the new york times you know what i mean play for 268 right. people on saturday the next logical step was going to john's cabin that was it right and then also just letting go a little bit of the outcome and that's very difficult you know um i used to have a thing early on where we would play and i would be like i wonder how many cds we're going to sell after the show <laughs> you know what i mean and that kind of stuff and it's like it doesn't matter it it doesn't it just let go of the entire outcome and just be, you know, just just take that next step. And that is something I feel like we all need to practice because we're very conditioned and I certainly needed an amazing amount of practice on it. But 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 it's just practice and it's a it's a good feeling to let go when it's like you mean everything doesn't have to be I don't have to do every single thing and think about everything myself right now? You mean I could just take right. the next step? Wow, right. you know? And let me tell you, it's Amazing. I mean, it's, it's been the most effective thing I've ever done. You know, I used to try to right. figure it all out, and I couldn't do it. You know, so uh, you, you, have a, you could have a plan, but you, I but was you know. like, yeah, I was. Well, I was like that too, and you know, and Stephen Simon really kind of guided me to have a little bit more faith in myself, as far as you know. Sometimes, Cynthia, you have to kind of put your plans aside and just jump off the mountain. And I was always like, you know, no way, I'm not jumping off a mountain. I need to know if I, you know, I'm not jumping off a mountain until I know that there's some nets and where am I going to land and, you know. <laughs> and sometimes you do have to take leaps of faith. And you also have to trust yourself to know that, you know, one of the questions I asked this week in the blog is, if your life was set to music, what would it sound like? And some may may have this feeling like they're 
sound like on flat notes or sour notes. So, you know, if your life hit a sour note or you start sounding like a broken record and you keep repeating the same patterns, you're not getting anywhere, which is which is another theme that we talked about on the show with Ariel Ford, the main attraction about the law of attraction, is if you keep beating, you know, finding yourself in the same rut, eventually you're going to have to change your tune. You're going to yeah. have to strike yeah. some new chords. You're going to have to set a new path. You're going to have to start a new soundtrack. And that whole process can be scary, but for me, and it seems like for your, from your experience too, is if you follow your gut and do more of a gut check than a mind check, because your mind can tell you no so, so easily. You can logically yeah. oh, no, talk you yourself listen. out of yeah. Any any miracle, you know, any yeah. miracle cannot cannot be, you know, you just can't leave it to your mind. You have to go mm-hmm. into your heart and mm-hmm. see what feels good and know what feels right. And then, you know, one of my favorite quotes <clears throat> is fake it till you make it. Because what happens <laughs> is, it, it, I have to say it's so effective because you, so let's say you do have an instinct and you do have a gut feeling and you're like, I feel like I would be really happy with having a lot of success after I haven't had success or whatever it's going to be. And then your mind's like, but wait a minute, you know, ding, 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 ding. We've had all kinds of things, and you, you've had this in the past, and then you've had this road blockage, and da-da-da. And it's like you almost have to fake a new feeling of of feeling good or whatever it is, like until you actually just memorize it, you know. Like um, I'll give you a, just a quick example because I also teach yoga, and um, – I had an idea. I was on JetBlue, and I always liked being on JetBlue. And they got creamed like there was one big snowstorm, and the press came down on them so hard. It was awful. And they were, the press was just disgusting. They're so, like, they make me crazy anyway. But And the president of JetBlue was on was on uh, uh, Dave Letterman, like, apologizing. It was like this whole thing. And I had really just started teaching yoga, and I had this instinct to call the uh to call JetBlue and say you are taking care of us who's taking care of you i'm a yoga teacher i'd love to work with you etc cetera, etc cetera. now the other thing i learned from the secret is like the universe loves speed so before the mind says but wait a minute there's a million other yoga teachers out there and why is it you and you're just new and you know someone else could do a better job and on and on and on i just picked up the phone and i went with the instinct and he was so impressed about because he could tell I was coming from the right place, you know, and he's like, I do get a lot of calls, but truthfully, um, I, I, I like what you're saying, you know what I mean? You seem like you really do care about us, and I'm like, I, I do, you know, I love your airline, and I want to help. So, it, so, you know, it took a long time. I had to go to Kennedy. I had to almost, like, audition, all kinds of things, and I would go there, and I would be, like, on the on the tram on the way to Kennedy, and I'd be like, there's so many people who can do this, and who says, well, you know, why do you think that you can do this? There's right. all these yoga teachers. Right. They should be the ones doing JetBlue. And I'm like, but no, you know, <laughs> I, I can right. do this, and you know what I mean, and just whatever. And I went, and I was very, very nervous. But I knew that eventually I would become that person who would be the best person for the job. You know what I mean? And I almost right. had to fake it till I made it. And I have to say now – I don't think there's anybody on earth that could do – I mean, I think they could do as good a job. But I don't – I mean, obviously the major leaders would be brilliant. But but you know what I'm saying? I would say that I could do probably a better job than most people because I became that person. And I knew I was going to become that person. Even if I wasn't that person yet, I was just practicing. And, and I be, did become – and I wound up working with JetBlue for years, years, you know. That's awesome. um, 
And you know That's what awesome. I mean? It's it's like you fake it till you make it. And um, well, it's kind of like you fake it until it becomes your most authentic self. Exactly. And exactly. which is totally different process than like if you tell a lie so many times, then you believe it to be truth. Yeah. Because you're till you're still taking a step out from your pure authentic self start but your brain hasn't caught up to creating like this whole other surrounding for you to shine in that space and yeah no go ahead well they just say that the brain actually if you like if you're a marathon runner and you close your eyes and they've like hooked the brain up to electrodes and they've had the, the marathon runners run the race that the brain doesn't know the difference between the visualization of running the race and actually running the race. So that's what I mean. It's like you visualize the, you know, the sort of process. But, um, and, and it is, um, yeah, anyway, I just want to tell you that. Well, your e- your ego can stop you from doing anything. Sure. You know, that, I mean, that whole conversation about who are you and there's so many other, I mean, oh. that's, that's all ego-driven. And sure. we all get stopped by the ego. And it's kind of it's kind of funny because when when you look at performers, you know, it's part part and parcel of kind of saying, oh, if they're up there singing for a million people, they must have a gi- ginormous ego that they need to feed. So stepping out. Maybe they in- just have good songs. <laughs> that too. But it's kind of like it but it but it's kind of like taking that part aside and kind of just inhabiting the space of being a true performer. Of bringing wanting to bring people on a journey whether it's through music or through theater or through whatever art form and kind of like sharing that experience. Like one of the reasons why I loved entertainment and why I love film so much is that you can have such an impact on people just through just through you know an hour and take them on such a ride. The same reason why I love going to concerts and I love music is because it can take you on that soul that soulful journey and make such a huge core impact on you in what like two minutes is a back to back song and you mm-hmm. know a day at the beach. And, you know, and have that impact on my daughter, who has a total Barry Coral complex. <laughs> I still swear she was starstruck when I introduced when I introduced you, because she kind of, like, looked up at you. And it was the first time I ever really saw her like that, where she, like, she was speechless. Like, she didn't know what to say. <laughs> like, it was so funny. That's so sweet. Oh, it really cracks me up. But that. there's that whole other counterside, you know, to the performer's life, which I just think is so, so fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so funny. It, it I knew we were supposed to be talking about music, and now I'm like, oh, but I I don't know. It's so hard not to go in those those things because it's like... Well, your, your journey to how these these songs came to be is such a vital part of the process and such mm-hmm. a great learning tool and inspiration for other people. And I will also say, like, some of the best things out there written have come from those, you know, those sparks, firestorms of of inspiration. Like, you wrote all those all those songs in a weekend where people like work for years trying to put albums. Yeah, when I was an together. adult singer songwriter, I wasn't as plugged in. You know, I was like kept trying to narrow the gap between me and Carol King. But there already right. there already was a Carol King. And it was exhausting right. trying to be Carol King. You, you know what I mean? I, I couldn't be it. And and it's interesting when as an adult 
I listened to a lot of music and I was really, really influenced by everything I heard. And then I would go and ride, and I, you know, I mean, I had a career, but you know, but but as a as a family artist, and I that's what I call myself because I really, you know, I definitely write songs for children, but I'm always thinking about the parents and I want the melodies to be great, um, and the and the band to be great and the sounds. Um, but as a family artist, I listen to almost no kids' music because I don't want any real a lot of influences. You know, I mean, I, I listen right. to some. I'm a preschool. You know, I teach music and movement in preschool. I mean, obviously, I know Lori's songs and a few other people. But um, I, um, I mean, I listen to Tom Petty. You know, that's what I right. listen to, yeah. and and then it just comes out um, as Barry Coral, really. You know, you take like Tom Petty plus yoga plus learning about Lori Berkner, plus um, Katie Tunstall, plus, you know, like um, right. what, um, your children, four-year-olds, plus, you know what I mean? Right. It's it's it's, um, it's interesting, and then you it's become a culmination who you are. Of, yeah. Right. Yeah. Of, of the your exposure and your interest and what, you, what story you really want to share with the children. Now, I just want to let everybody know that you can find Barry. She's, she is on Facebook, the Barry Coral Family Rock Band. She's also, her website is www.barrycoral.com. Oh, and there's there's a huge contest going on right now. There's like, um, I'm a finalist to play for 20,000 people in the Midwest, and we're, we can be tied for first in like literally 10 votes. So it's it's such an easy contest. It's fun to vote. And then you can see the backpack video. So all that info is on Facebook or it's on the news, you know, or Facebook would probably be the easiest place to go find it. Right. Well, you have yeah. to go to the KC Jiggle Jam Facebook page, which is oh, J-I-G-G-L-E, and then you have to like Barry's video on that page. On that page, yeah. But then you'll yeah, read about the, the contest, contest, but you can see the video there. So, And that's, yes, yeah, Kansas City Jiggle Jam. It's a great, great, uh, huge family music festival in Kansas City. Well, that would be amazing. So let's all hold the space that we can picture Barry in Kansas City performing there. So this has been amazing for me and just so much fun to kind of step into the the space and hear a little bit more about your journey to to really coming out with these wonderful albums and hearing about your just whole new career path. I mean, I think it's amazing just in four years' time <laughs> that you've really carved out a new soundtrack for your life, and I think that's amazing Literally, and inspiring. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I yeah, think you started with the soundtrack. You've come full circle. Yeah, thank you. Right. Thank you. So um, before we close out the show, I just wanted to quickly go through my Come Tell Mama questions with you so we can learn a different side of Barry. So um, don't be too afraid, but it's fun. (laughs) When you're not out there performing for others, what is your luxury indulgence? Oh, my God, laying around and watching Netflix and reading um, and – I mean, we're going to Canyon Ranch soon. I can't believe it. I've thought about it eight million times. So <clears throat> those those kinds of experiences, nature and relaxation and, yeah, fire Just lounging. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I, I would, like, kill for a day like that right about now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it would be uh-huh. amazing. So which of the following would you choose if you have to just pick one? The best sex of your life? the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? Probably the best sleep. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> what is your favorite movie genre? 
Comedy, romance. Oh, romance, action. but like period pieces. You know, I'm a BBC mm-hmm. just freak. So, you know, if it's past 1920, I, you know, usually I love like <laughs> 19th century, you know. I mean, the King's Speech was unbelievable heaven and um, Jane Austen, all that kind of stuff. You know, as, as everything gets faster and faster, I just want to go back in time. You know, high tea yeah. for two hours, like... I just feel the urge just gets slower and slower. That's awesome. Yeah. What? What? Um, which do you prefer when it comes to food, sweet or salty? Uh, I mean, I truthfully, I like all the four tastes. That's what we've learned in you know macro kind of sweet, salty, uh, bitter, sour. Um, you know, that's sort of how it kind of helps to create a complete meal. But I guess sweet. Sweet. And what do you consider your most beautiful feature? Uh, huh. Either my voice or my spirit? Yeah, I think both. <laughs> I think the what about obvious you? What's answer, your... I think uh, I think obvious answer is is voice because you're a performer, but I like I like spirit. That that mm-hmm. just works. Mm-hmm. Um and what is the? Oh, you asked what? What about me? Yeah. I think when I first answered that question, I said my hair. <laughs> yeah. then, I know that's something. That I'm like my hair, my eyes. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I kind of went vain first. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know, my my secondary um, answer would just be like all of me. <laughs> me. <laughs> me being me when I'm like to my fullest me. <laughs> right. Um, and if I had to pick one thing out with that, I would just say, like, um, my compassion and an ability to love. But, but whatever. Uh, it's not about me. It's for you. What is the best advice that your mama gave you? Sing for kids. She also, well, my mom likes to take the credit, too. Yeah, she also there was you go. part well, of that yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I know. My mom's <laughs> like to take credit also. <laughs> That's awesome. But I'm really so happy that you did listen to your mama. Mama, in your case, definitely knows best. You are off on such a wonderful career that is just so, so bright. And, like, seriously, watching a sea of kids just bop into your music was, like, such a thrill for me. And um, I just wish you many, many years of continued success in this space or in any space that that you choose to inhabit. Thank you very much. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. And everyone, again, you can find Barry at www.barrycoral.com or on Facebook on the Barry Coral Family Rock Band. And definitely, definitely like them there and help them get to Kansas City. Oh, yeah, Kansas City, here we come. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Barry. This was a pleasure. Okay, Cynthia, you too. Thank you. So, um... So next week we're actually going to be continuing our conversation about music and we're going to be talking to Marlene Cooper who runs I Play Now, which is an interactive music lesson um, website that you can actually set up set up music lessons for yourself and for your children. So that's going to be next week. And again, you can listen to this show again or any of the shows in the archives at Mama's Pearls at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls. I definitely recommend, again, you checking out the two-part series of Film Noir. I thought that was just an amazing, amazing conversation with the indie filmmakers. And you can email me at Cynthia at Mama's Pearls.com. 
You could follow us on Twitter at SynTweet, which is C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. You can read the Mama's Pearls and any of our past blogs at www.mamaspearls.com. And again, this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your children, enjoy your family, say I love you, and remember that Every single day and every single moment, you are creating the soundtrack of your life. And again, if you don't like, sometimes you're going to hit high notes, sometimes you're going to hit low notes, and other times you're going to hit just the right tune. And don't stop. Keep going. Have a great week, everybody. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.